0: disruption. It's what happens when we say, this doesn't really work for me anymore. Or this needs to be different. It's a pattern interrupt. It's when we say, this has to stop. And that's what this book, Disrupt Her by Mickey Agarwal, is all about. Uh, She is totally talking about the taboo topics, the topics that seem to be just kind of hushed away and not spoken about often, and she brings them all to the table. She has disrupted the feminine care uh, industry by creating things the first period panties, and she also has created this bidet, Hello Tushy. Uh, She talks about things that people don't normally talk about, but it's stuff that is so human, and that leads to so much suffering and frustrations for so many people. So I just am excited to share her story with you and have her inspire you to look at things differently, to question things differently. And talk about disruption. You know, that's why I created Harmonious Hustle because I saw there being two worlds, the people that are playing in the spiritual world and then the like, go get them, motivate you, grind and hustle world of being an entrepreneur. And I wanna bring it both together. I wanna bring it to a space where we can drop into both and both parts of us and all the parts of us are easily accessible so that we're more fully expressed and we could just be. And some of the things that Mickey is talking about in this episode about living in awe and appreciation and living really a juicy life require us to own and to be at home with all the parts of us and that's what we're doing at harmonious hustle live in may so many of you have already bought your tickets i have people that are coming from all different countries all over the world we are just over 40 percent sold out we have about 67 days until this event and it is going to be two days of absolute breaking down anything that is not serving you allowing it to fall away and then stepping into the boldest unapologetic version of yourself and we're going to be doing this in a highly interactive way you're going to be so open so available to so much good not only that you are going to meet some amazing people some of my favorite people are facilitating sharing their healing sharing their their voice with us and it's going to be beautiful we actually have this this last ticket for vip experience so i would invite you if you really want to go all in and actually spend friday night with us too i would love to have you come and to do that with us we're going to have a really beautiful experience at the peninsula in beverly hills where we just talk about your intentions get to know each other in a very intimate group of 10 before we go into the weekend with a group of 100 so if you haven't bought your ticket already go buy it this isn't going to be one of those things where you can get in last minute because the tickets are selling pretty quickly And now we're moving into full on promotion of it. So if you haven't checked it out already, go over to my Instagram and check out the link. We have it there. You know, my Peru retreat is coming up. That's another thing that's filling up. That's not coming up until July, but it's something that you're going to want to plan for now and hop in before that sells out. So have a beautiful day. Enjoy this episode and always just send me a screenshot do something share it let me know that you love it because it helps me know like what you want to hear on this show and i just create this for you guys i don't know if you guys know this but this is a self-funded this is a self-funded podcast that means that i pay for this out of pocket for it to be produced and edited and i spend this time to bring you guys these things and it means so much to me so when i hear your feedback it just really means the world to me I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy this episode. You are now listening to The Harmonious Hustle, where we redefine what it means to be a woman on fire. I'm Nicole Sylvester, best-selling author and success coach for Boss Babes, ready to make bold moves. In this podcast, we'll discuss all things, purpose, pleasure, and profits you should know. I am obsessed with sparking unrealistic upgrades in your life and business. It's my true intention to convince you to say, hell yes, to your wildest dreams. If you and I haven't connected yet, I would love to hear from you. Let's connect on Instagram and while you're there, be sure to check out my free Money Energetics training series. Scope my page while you're there for other freebies and support. I am so glad you're here. Let's get started. Right. So we have Mickey here who is total like female badass. I've been like kind of stalking on Instagram. And I think I started watching you like right before your sister had her baby. And I was just obsessed with you guys like in the birthing room. (laughs) I was like sharing it with my friends. I was like, look at how they're holding space for this. (laughs) It was freaking awesome. So anyway, we're going to go into her book, Disrupt Her and just really all of her her magic and her fierceness and the things that she's showing up in the world. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing yourself with us today.
1: Yes, of course. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah. So tell us, like Disrupt Her, where did that come about? I mean, what what was like that, that seed in you that was like, oh, I <laughs> have to write this book? Because I feel like that's what women are feeling right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I just... Have experienced so much in building my businesses in the categories that are really taboo, like yeah. pee and poop, um, and even in the food category, in the pizza category. You know, I, you know, I sort of up against like, you know, the the sort of the major pizza, you know, companies, and um, I want to create the alternative pizza restaurant that offered gluten-free flours, hormone-free cheeses, and local seasonal toppings, and. And then, you know, went to build things, which is the Period Proof Underwear Company, which went against the big sort of Kotex, Tampax, all those big companies. And then most recently started a company called Tushy, which is looking at disrupting big toilet paper. You know, the way toilet paper um, is killing 15 million trees per year. It's causing so many issues from a health and hygiene perspective, plumbing issues, just the fact that we spend so much money, like average, you know, family spends about $500 a year on toilet paper. And it's just like, this, it's, it's, it's just not a sustainable option anymore. And so it's just looking at all these categories, um, and, and attempting to disrupt them was received, received a lot of pushback from society. Yeah. You You know, you shouldn't be talking about this stuff, Mickey, you shouldn't be talking about, you know, these taboo topics of periods, pee and poop. You shouldn't be, you know, trying to tell, like, you know, even share with people how you, how you think that they should eat, you know, all these sensitive topics were so, challenging to um to society at the time and i think you know it's just the societal pushback was was defying what people actually wanted was 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 opposite to what people actually wanted so yeah. society would say one thing but people were actually ready and interested to try new things people did want to try you know an alternative product to what they have been using forever for generations because it wasn't working like you were leaking yeah. underwear. you were wiping your butt with dry paper causing you know you yeah. and hemorrhoids and anal fissures and, and anal itching and all these issues and it's just like there has to be a better way and so people are are inter- interested it turns out and so it was such a and you know the companies now are are, are you know valued at, at, a, at a lot of money now and so yeah it's it's a really interesting thing where you know, you're you're pushing against society and and there's a, a big you know group of people who are also interested in pushing against society but you know might not have you know the the sort of the you know desire or strength or, or ability or, or you know to actually like fight society and we're just like you know what I'm just gonna go with the flow and just kind of like do it this way right. but I, more and more and more people are just sick of the way things have been. And totally. you know, we're just seeing all these just this unrest and and, and the and the opposition in, in this country alone. And um and there's just there's just the status quo, the ways the way things have been done and the way we really want them to be for ourselves. Right. And so the book really was, you know, paying homage to all the major areas in our lives where we're told this is how things are, this is how you should think, this is how you should act, this is how you should be And these are the common beliefs that that are really firmly held by society. And it really uncovers where all these common beliefs come from. What are the historical context of these common beliefs? Why do we, why can't we talk about money? You know, why is it awkward to, you know, like... To, to actually like the things that we like and to, you know, it's it's more okay to hate your boss and to hate your job and to like, you know, yeah. together in a, in a negative sense than in a positive sense. Cause if you're positive, then all oh, your goody two shoes, like, Oh, you know, and yeah. societally, it's kind of frowned upon to be happy in a lot of ways, you know? And so you, people have to dim themselves, you know, people, it's, it's like the society of like acquiring more stuff, you know, to fill the void of, of, of your truth. It's, it just, it's like every aspect of our lives, you know, uh, the concept of our careers, like how we should really follow a specific career path, even if in today's world, no, freelance is kind of a thing, but it's, it's not, you know, people are still sort of like pigeonholed in, in one certain area because it's been done that way. So there's all these common beliefs. We understand the historical context of where these common beliefs come from, and then we disrupt them one by one. And the okay. book disrupts it, disrupts all these old societal preconceptions um and gets us, I you know, the goal is to get ourselves to a place of full integrity where we're thinking, feeling, and saying are aligned, where we are living fully lit up, fully in our authentic power. And that's what the book sort of helps you get to.
0: I I love so much of what you're just saying. And I can see this being like a documentary by the way. Like I can totally see that just because there's so many um, things and I think that like the visuals of some of these things really bring it to life and even when you think of like things and period I remember this idea that like I had to kind of hide my tampons and pads when I was buying them when I was younger but why it's because my mom and dad did that and it exactly. was like why the hell am I hiding this
1: shit like everybody bleeds. like exactly. yeah, like it's all the societal preconceptions yeah we are adhering to just because, without thinking about it, the way we wipe our butts with dry paper, I mean, like, we don't, we never jump in the shower and not turn the water on and just use dry paper to wipe our butts. Like, we're not gonna, and be or wipe our bodies and call ourselves clean. You know, we're not gonna go to dirty dishes and not turn the water on and just use dry paper to wipe our dishes down and put them away and call them clean. It's like, why are we doing that to the dirtiest part of our bodies? We're doing it because it's been done that way. No one's really questioned it. And it's just the way it is, you know, and that's just, not acceptable and yeah. so um there's you know you have to have a level of huh i don't understand like why question why it are you doing it this way so i think yeah. it's really all about questioning everything in our lives and having permission and feeling the you know giving ourselves permission to question everything i think
0: your one post or somewhere like in your marketing you shared this and this is what like broke it down for me right because like day like It's just when I go to other countries, it's there, but it was never like, it's not something we do when we go into like Nordstrom's or anything. It's just not there. But when you shared something where it was like, okay, if you had poop on your hand, what would you do? Wipe it off with a dry paper towel
1: or (laughs) wash it with water. (laughs) And it's like, duh. (laughs) Exactly. And so, I mean, you know, Tushy is such an like to me an obvious business where it's bringing society forward into a new I mean, not new. It's it's ubiquitous in most countries and around right. the world. In Asia, bidets are everywhere. In Europe, they're everywhere. And the Bali. Of- I just was in Bali for three weeks, and there's these bum yeah. washes. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're everywhere. And you know, just for cultural reasons, they have not been brought to America. And it's it's really hurting our pocketbooks. It's hurting our obviously the planet, killing 15 million trees, like I said. Plus, you know, billions of gallons of water and and bleach and all this stuff. Plus it's, you know, hurting our health and hygiene, 30 million combined cases of chronic urinary tract infections, anal fissures, anal itching all these issues. And it's just like, and why are we like putting ourselves in our planet and and just torturing ourselves? Because it's been done for like a century that just, it's just not good enough anymore. And I think we, and it's, and, and you will run against, you will push back against, you will receive pushback against your parents. Even your parents will be like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing it that way? And your grandparents and your friends and, So there is so much of peer pressure that plays into what is deemed acceptable, you know? And so it's just about like, that just doesn't feel good for me. So I'm just going to try something else.
0: One thing I want to touch on before we even go, because there's some places I marked in your book, like chapters that I was just like, yes. And I want to share those. But one thing like in the whole idea of nudity and just shaming our bodies, I want to talk about that for a second, because like even me... Having a 13-year-old has like totally triggered all the parts of me that needed to be healed and looked at and asked those questions. You know, recently I, I decided to, you know, buy her a vibrator because I was like, I don't want you to be like so curious that like the first boy that comes around that you wanted to have sex with him. <laughs> it yeah. was like, it was crazy. Like all the things that brought up in me and like, I just had to sit with it and just say like, what would I do for my best friend? What would I do for myself? Right. But there's so much shame. And I knew that like, I felt like, and that's like one of the first times I'm sharing that publicly. If I put that in a mom's group, people would hate me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I think it's amazing. Right, but like, but they would. I know, exactly. The mom groups would, exactly. Because it's not something that is acceptable in quotes to current societal practices. But it's like, who dictates what is acceptable? It's like, who is society? Society is people. My society is consistent of people who are no different than you or me. So why are we kowtowing and listening to this society that was created by people who are not us from a hundred years ago, that doesn't speak to who we are authentically. It's just, it's so, it's such an interesting thing. And so I think to just unpack it is so important. Right.
0: And when you were sharing your daughter, your sister's pregnancy, oh,
1: like delivery, I saw that you were sharing
0: that you also got kickback for that.
1: Like, yeah, I mean, I got like, you know, I, I as soon as my niece was born, I took a picture of her and posted it and that picture, someone was like, you should not be showing her labia, blah, blah. I'm like, it's a newborn. Like, what are you talking about? And I said, what is up with this over-sexualization of every body part that was created by society? Like it was sort of the the, the sort of the male gaze created the fact that, you know, our breasts and our vaginas are now officially sexual organs and we should not be showing it. Meanwhile, they can show off their chests. It's not a big deal. Right. And so, you know, it's just, it's, it's so strange that we have just, agreed that these organs are sexual meanwhile the our breasts are literally like fat and and a, and a food source for children yeah. And our excrete the blood and the things are and, and urine that our body doesn't need plus our butts excrete the poop and the feast the, the the fecal matter the, the stuff that our body doesn't need yeah. and yet the fact that that whole part of our body and this is all considered sexual is just made up yeah, just you know, made up by society from years past that we've decided that the, oh my god, like oh Mickey, you shouldn't breastfeed in public or you shouldn't show. It. And I'm just like, okay, what, who says? Yeah, if, which standards have dictated what what is acceptable? As long as you're comfortable with it and you feel good about it, you do you. I'll do me. We'll just be ourselves, and that's all that matters. So I think it's just yeah, the the, the concept of getting pushback for breastfeeding in public or showing my niece or you know, allowing my team to be topless of a company team retreat. That is like giving problems awesome. to, yeah. to like everyone to be exactly who they are. Yeah, without the shame. Like shame is so crippling. I lived with it for so
0: long. And it's just like, now it's like, I can tell where it is in these hidden places and on the shelves of like my subconscious. And I'm just like, I want to be free of it. But I love when you, other people are just sharing like the way that they just show up and own it because it's just like, thank you like it's just permission for everyone so i just want to thank you for that let's dive into your book this isn't really videoed but since yesterday i had a really great video interview and i'll probably share this one just on like facebook but here's the book cover um the links will be in the bio one of the things that i first got was like this this whole idea of like this lit path and do you mean it like lit like the term right like that's what i first thought of um but just
1: share a little bit about where that concept come from um the career path versus the lit path because I agree yeah, I mean the common belief is you have to follow a career path and that if you are you know you start off as a banker you might most likely end up as a banker. If you start off as a lawyer or a doctor, you probably will end up as a lawyer or a doctor if you because obviously, you know, if you are a doctor that really loves your job, like I would ideally not like to have someone who's never had an experience operate on my body, you know? So yeah. there there does need to be a level of practice, yeah. level of like skill set for certain jobs for sure. But I think that even if you become a doctor and go to medical school, life is short. There are only 21,000 days to live from the point you graduate college to the point we die. Wow. And it's like, are we going to spend that time like just being a doctor because we already went to medical school and we're a doctor and our parents are proud of us and we, you know, and we're just going to stay in these four walls of of a hospital because it's just what's acceptable or it's like, fuck it, I'm going to go live my lit path and go and find, my lit path is a path that lights you up. Yeah. Um, Like where you feel completely yourself and and in flow. And even if you're you're doing some stuff that's tedious towards a path that lights you up, it's still worth it. And, and so sometimes like, you know, in the work that you do, people are like, Oh, I just want to do all the sexy, like, you know, glamorous things, but in every job there's not, there's, there's stuff that, that, that feels tedious, but as long as it's towards the thing that you're passionate about, that's okay. And it's, that's great. And there are sometimes like some, some friends of mine who, are staying their course and their job because they're like, oh, my parents, like they paid my, they paid my way through college and then they paid my way to medical school. And what are they going to say if I drop out or like change careers? Now, what if I start a new career that I'm really excited about, but what if it doesn't work out? Yeah. Then, then I'm like going back to medical school or, and I might not even, I might have my, my prime have, have, might've have been passed in that regard. I might not get a job in the hospital again. So forget it. I'm just going to stay my safe path and just not think about it. Yeah. And you don't have to be like jumping off the cliff and going for the next dream immediately. You know, like if you're a doctor or or you're a lawyer or you're a banker or you're in a teacher or you're in a profession that feels pretty career driven and you're done with it and you want to go somewhere else, it's good to like spend nights and weekends, maybe one day a week on a Saturday intern with someone. And just yeah. see if that's really something that you want to do. Because like grass, sometimes grass is always greener on the other side. So you're like, oh, that job looks amazing. You know, like I have people who've built digital platforms. They're like, I'm going to do a physical product next. Because physical product, you've done it. It seems so easy. I'm just like, you have no idea. You know? But just, <laughs> just like people, and I'm like, okay, why don't you try putting a small product out and see what that feels like? Why don't you try interning or like volunteering yeah. with an entrepreneur or with – you know, a musician or you want to go from doctor to musician or whatever it is, like go yeah. and, and spend a little time and do a little assessment. Don't jump off the cliff immediately because that's a little rash as well. So, and then you decide you're like, okay, that's not at all what I thought it was going to be. Or you're like, yes, this is exactly where I'm going and what I want to do with my life. I am certain of it. And then you start to figure out a plan to really put yourself in that place. You know, ideally, if you're in a profession, you can kind of try and leave a door open just in case, if you want to, or you can be like, fuck it, I'm out, I'm done. And you go somewhere else. And that's okay too. It's just like, what speaks to you is important. And, you know, to really do it responsibly is important too. If you have children, if you have debt, if you have responsibilities, like I always say, you should have at least six months to a year of savings, before you jump off a cliff and go for something um and at which point when you get down to like three months worth of runway left where you pay off your mortgage pay off your loans you pay off your you have to be able to pay off all of your things and still be able to go to dinner with your friends you're not like resenting the business or the thing that you're starting or you know so you really have to feel like your life is still like very similar as it was before um and save up as much money as you can for about a year and then when you and then you like you start to work towards your your passion project, you start to work towards it. And by the time you get down to like three months, you'll know if you're gonna be able to raise money, if you're gonna be able to make money, if you're gonna be able to be interested in it. And if the answer is no, then you have, you know, you can you have three months to like get back into the thing that you were doing and re up your 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 tank to make sure you fill up you know, you have enough money to like pay for your stuff again and then you go back out again, try again. I mean, life is short, but life is is long too. It's it's a combination of (laughs) both you do want to do it responsibly i do, i do have friends who have jumped off the cliff too fast and were too embarrassed to turn around and 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 literally took out their 401k double like mortgaged their home and then they they got to a place of like destitution and it was like your ego got in the way you yeah. know your, your ego was too you know was was not letting you stop and and be responsible with your finances and where you are in your life and 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 that's not good at all yeah. So it's 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 about it's about really going for it, your lit your lit path and really finding that path that lights you up, the career, the thing, the passion thing that light, lights you up, but and still able to do it in a way that that your family and, and you feel secure.
0: Yeah. With the whole idea of the the lit path, I'm like, I totally did it irresponsibly. But yes. I will say yes. that yes. you yes. know. No, well, just because I just had like, I had like um, an idea, like I'm going to start an online business. And then I get, I join, um this online program and I literally didn't even have a couch at the time. And I tell my daughter, I was like, I'm going to use this for this. <laughs> but I mean, it didn't work that year, but in the next year and the next year it went. But like, I think it's one thing I've, I do honor is if something doesn't feel good anymore, like I have that discernment where I'm just like, I'll drop it. I don't care if I've already like marketed it and I talked about it. It's like, cause I already know (laughs) that's going to lead me. So I think it's developing to that inside, like that inner world where, you know, that communication when something feels good and you're running and you're going all in and when to like, just say no, like you said with your friends where your ego, you know,
1: Exactly. Kinda sucks. And you have to give it enough of a go where you really do because some people do like jump around like oh that got too hard, I'm down. Oh, that got a little bit hard, I'm out. So then there's some like some friends who also jump around and the one minute they're in crypto, the next minute they're starting a product, the next minute they're in real estate, the next minute you're just like, uh, you know, so it's sort of like you do wanna give give it a minute too and then and then then be like, All right, I'm good you know. That 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 I thought it was the right path for me, but maybe it's not. Do you have things that you started? Cause you have like things that have, you've
0: done them and they've been great. Like even I watched one of your older videos where you're talking about the pizza. And it's funny now because when I think of pizza, and I mean, I lived in LA for eight years. So when I think of gluten-free farm to table pizza, I'm like, yeah, of course.
1: <laughs> you were saying. Nobody was interested in talking about it. Yeah, It was a really tough business. and I, And I, you know, that business it's like, it's successful in that it's been around for 15 years. But I think it's certainly, you know, I was, I really just kind of like eked by for the first few years in that business. And then when I finally brought my partner in who really understands restaurants, that's when the business took off, like really started taking off. Yeah. We were able to really start paying back, you know, our investors, like one by one, two by two. And it was, it was, it felt really good to like make, make as many people as we can whole. And even to this day, we're still like every year paying back some investors and uh, you know, so it's like, it's, it's, it's a, it's a solid business. Um, I think that it was the one out of the ones I've started that has been the most humbling for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've all been humbling in, in very different Yeah, I
0: would say ways. starting like, sushi so seems pretty
1: challenging. Like, hey guys, everybody let's do this. But yeah. pizza is, you know, I guess. I think the restaurant you know, industry is yeah. so, because it's 24 seven, it's pretty thankless for the most part. And then you have glimpses of like, we fell in love here. And I'm just like, thank God. I would start crying. And then they, and then I would, that's what keeps me going. It's just like, you know, the little stories that I get from what the restaurant space has created for people. I think that's what keeps me going. It kept me going for, for some time. And yeah. um, But there, but I think that if I didn't find my partner um, to really run the businesses, you know, for me and with me, then I wouldn't, I probably would have sold them or found a way to, should probably discontinue that business, yeah. Uh, you know, now we have free locations, and sweet, you know, it's gluten free farm table pizza. Is like it's it, it's it's hot now for sure, but it you know, it was <laughs> yeah. in the beginning, it was really weird. People were like, I don't get gluten free organic, ew, farmer table probably tastes like cardboard. Like, it was a really yeah. interesting uphill battle to get people to try something different. Sweet,
0: so you're like the trailblazer in all of the things from pizza to like the period and poop. <laughs> industry right Uh, going back to this and I think because it's like obviously you're super creative obviously you're not giving up you have an idea you're like let's run with this like people join me get behind this (laughs) which is awesome you talk about the all state or like the you know getting into a space of alling as an adult and I think it's so important and there's, it's just so, it's so, it, it for creatives especially, but I mean, I think we're all creatives. Um, talk about that a little bit with the with the audience, like what is that for people that haven't read the book or don't know anything about it?
1: Yeah, so so the first, the very first disruption in the book, which I think is the most, is sort of the really most important one to, to really get you thinking outside the box and, and into a new disruptive state. I think that, um, uh, sorry, just, yeah, so-, so um, you're fine. Okay, yeah. um, so, so like when we grow up, we're told you have to get serious as you grow up. Get your head out of the clouds, sit down, be quiet, Don't talk out of turn, you know? If you wanna go to yeah. college, and shut up and listen. If you wanna get a job, then shut up and listen. You know, like that's, that's the way it's been in society where you are taught at a very young age to get in line or you won't be successful. In a lot of ways, yeah. you know, just like, like just be quiet and dim yourself, and 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 become a sort of, you know, the standardized test, the rows of desks, the way we're learning, the way kids are learning is really the way kids have been learning um, how to become, you know, a factory worker.
0: Yeah, like obedience,
1: you know, basically an obedient sheep. You know, and yeah. um, and you have to get serious as you grow up. Like that is such a ser- you know, thing. You see so many people, so many adults who who are so serious who take themselves so seriously take what they're doing so seriously take their everything so seriously and it's and it's that needs to be disrupted and so the disruption is no you don't have to you don't have to grow up you know get serious as you grow up you can still live in a childlike state of curiosity playfulness and awe and be a responsible adult at the same time yeah still live in a childlike state of curiosity playfulness and awe and to be a responsible adult at the same time. And I I feel like we have, in society as adults, we have overvalued productivity and devalued playfulness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And often it's in the container of playfulness where the best ideas, the best creative ideas come from. You know, yeah. like so many of my best ideas come when I'm playing and I'm just having fun and just really my whole body, my mind is relaxed. Because you give yourself permission to like, think differently because when your, your serious brain is on, it's so hard to like flow and get into flow state because you're trying to get in line and obey. Yeah. It's not a place of, of creativity and awe. And so um, the concept of the, of of getting into awing state versus adulting state um, adulting state is, is again, that sort of obedient, get in line, like seriousness, like doing the serious things in life that you have to kind of do, which, there are, you know, parts of life that that you know you have to make sure your children are fed, and you have to make sure you have a roof yeah. on. Your back, sure you know, you have clothes on your back, and you have to make sure. Like that's not something very serious, but it's serious because it's life. You know, it's 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 a it's a life situation. But everything else can be. You know, you can look at life a different way. You can look at it through the lens of a child. Like, wow, like, look how beautiful that tree is. Like, sometimes you walk by the same garden in the park or trees and you just don't stop and just look at it and be like, I can't believe you are taking in CO2 and spitting out oxygen. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God, the ground, like the earth, like this earth has created literally, everything in the world has been created from the earth like you think about our cell phones have been created by the earth like every single thing like we started with a plain earth nothing on it you take the steel out you harvest and you process and you create and then all this every like everything in the world has come from the earth and the fact that we forget that and that we just Treat it like without respect, and that we're just—we literally forgot, like the food, the clothes, the creams, the hair product, like the friggin' like our homes, our cars, our like friggin' paintings, our art, our music, our iPhones, our every, our planes, our trains, our automobiles. Everything comes from the earth. Yeah, just like. Like it's our home, <laughs> like are, it's our home. <laughs> all of it has been harvested and created to make everything around us. And it just like, it's like to approach life from the lens of wow, yeah. as
0: opposed
1: to harumph, like this is not good, complain, 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 complain. Is just a better way to live and you get yeah. to be more in your creative flow and you get to be more alive and lit up. And it all comes from that place of removing that veil of societal seriousness And just getting back to your aweing state where you are just in awe of everything around you. Mm -hmm. And you know, my, my husband and I started and and our friends started a a really fun um, like sort of social art project called Holy Shit, We're Alive. And (laughs) the the idea is that like, Holy shit, like we are alive. Like we get to experience life, like all the good, all the bad, all the painful, all the weird, all of the, you know, experiences that we have are like part of the holy shitness of being alive. Yeah. You know? And it just like, they're, I think we people forget that we get to wake up and yeah. we get, to get out of bed and just like open our eyes to this magical world and breathe air, you know, and and, and see things that are so like special. And it just... Um, and you get bogged down by the minutiae of all the bullshit from every day and what your mom said and the complaints from your boss and the this and then that, and your friends talking shit about that person. And then you like realizing that, you know, there's like all the things just like, and the show you watch was promotes complaining, like all these like girl shows are now just all about bitching about this, that, and the other, which then perpetuates that in cultural, like culture. It's like, oh, you know, we can bond by hating our bosses and we can bond over hating our jobs. We can bond over all these negative shit. Like, oh, that's the way you bond with people. Okay. I'm going to start bonding like that. It's just like, God, let's yeah. like it, you know? And so I just, like, <laughs> one of my chapters is like, you know, the, the, the common belief is complaining is part of life. Complaining is part of life. It's just the way it is. Our moms complain, our people, the the freaking nanny, everyone complains about shit all day long. That's just part of life, you know? No, no. The The disruption is complaining is for procrastinators. Instead of complaining about what you don't like, create what you would like. Instead of complaining about what you don't like, create what what you would like. It's just like complaining just delays the solution. Complaining only makes people kind of like, their ears flop down and their tail go between their legs. So they're like, "Ugh, there comes the complaint queen. I'm just gonna like have to now tolerate it and just like whatever." Versus just like coming with solutions. Like you enter a room and you're like, "Hey, like this isn't this hasn't been working out." So like I came up with three ideas for us to kind of like figure this out. I love wow. that. Oh, you did. Oh my, God. that isn't. <laughs> So much more interesting and fun, A, to come up with solutions and B to end our situation without just a complaint, but with having went through your brain what could be a good solve and good solution for the problem. Yeah. It makes it more fun, it makes it more collaborative, it makes it more interesting, it makes it more, you know, it feels open. Positive, it's open and it's just it's complaining. It's like the way I think about complaining is the way I think about eating fast food. It it feels good going in really fast, you know. After you're drunk one night, you eat fries and a burger, and you're like, "Oh," ugh. and then like twenty minutes later, you're like, "Oh, I feel sick." And it's the same thing when you're talking, when you're complaining, when you're bitching, when you're moaning, when you're arguing in the moment it's kind of like it feels good because you're talking shit about someone else because it kind of makes you feel ba- less bad about your own shit so you're kind of like oh look at her or like it just there's this thing about talking shit that somehow in the moment makes you feel better about yourself oh. but literally 20 minutes later you're kind of like fuck like ew yeah. you, just out, and you don't feel good and it re- kind of like messes up your day and you're just like Ugh. i'm just like so it's it's like it's like rather than living through that societally accepted practices of complaining, which is a culture of complaining. Why not switch it and find the people who are also sick of the complaining? Because yeah. sometimes people who are like positive, the complainers are like, "Ugh, like, look at her. She's like a, you know, a brown noser and, or she like likes her boss, like you know, and just like all of a sudden it's like unacceptable to like your job and like your boss and, or like your peers or like your thing. It's weird. And it's just sort of like, and so, I, what I always recommend is like, start being like, to those complaining friends to be like, Hey man, I'm, I would, you know, it's like, I'm, I found my passion. I'm going to go ch- chase that. And I'm so grateful that you're supportive of me, of my passion. So yeah. you the they're going to be like, Oh, right. right. <laughs>
0: like oh Yeah. I'm supposed to be supportive, but also it's a vibrational thing. Like we're, it's like someone living in that space. We just, it just doesn't align. Like someone either needs to rise or someone needs to lower and it just it's just not, it just doesn't work. I mean, it just doesn't work. Um, But one thing you were just saying, and I was just, I was just like, holy shit, that makes so much sense. But going back to what we were just saying about this whole idea of um, people either complaining or doing this, I was thinking the other day, I was like, wow, everyone, like majority, if you think about successful people, you've been successful. You've started all these successful things. You probably have a whole gang of friends that are creating cool shit. And even your old book, Do Cool Shit, right? Is that what it was? Or Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I remember that from when the event that we spoke at together. Um, at that space, like these people are not complaining about stuff. <laughs> they're not complaining about things they're not willing to change. They're not hanging out with people that just bitch about life, that bitch about the relationships. Like it just doesn't happen. And I want to share that just with the audience. I know a lot of people – that are on social media and even people that I see that, you know, follow me and do things, they'll complain or do these things. It's just not getting you anywhere. Um,
1: And just like writing negative comments. It's like, don't you have something better to do with your time than to pretend and show people like how woke you are by throwing like a, you know, intersectional feminism comment. You're just like, Oh my God, like go bring positivity into the world and just stop trying to like, ego maniacally like show to everyone and prove to everyone that you're in quotes woke it's just like not productive
0: yeah it's not um before because i don't want to take up too much of your time with this book and i know it just came out when did it come out officially it came out like two and a half weeks ago oh two and a half weeks ago yay okay so it's super it's super fresh what is like top two reasons maybe people should buy this book. Like someone that's thinking about getting it. Why, like, what's the the reasons why? There's so many great things in it.
1: You are just dissatisfied with the status quo, dissatisfied with all the sort of areas in your life where you feel like there's gotta be a better way. Why am I doing it this way? Like, where did this come from? Where did this sort of context of why I'm doing this come from? And to really understand, the historical context of all the common beliefs in your life whether it's career whether it's money whether it's your relationships friendships whether it's you know the the desire of wanting stuff whether it's you know the the uh you know the notion of getting serious as we grow up whether it's like feminism patriarchy all these conversations that it's so hard and fraught with connotation it's hard to talk about these things um all the areas in your life where you feel like it's hard to talk about and you want to find a different way a more sort of you know a a way that speaks to you that aligns with you that gives you permission to find a voice you know your voice to align with what you really believe in instead of following things that you don't believe but just rather you know just doing it because you want to like you know piss anyone off like if you're really questioning and interested in shifting your life to being as lit up in every aspect of your life then read this book read the
0: book i would say too like if you feel like you don't fit in or belong or they are like, why do I feel like I'm the odd person here? (laughs) Because like when you are going, if you are hanging out in like, you know, the masses doing things the way that it's always been done, you will start feeling like, I feel weird. Like this doesn't, that's how I used to feel. Now I just live my life unapologetically and I found friends that also do it and we're all not giving a fuck together. But before I would think like, why do I feel like the odd person here? But your book goes into those things. Like it goes into these little things that you may not realize that you're like, yeah, I I don't agree with this either. So it just kind of validates and lets you know that you're not crazy <laughs> and to open up to this whole other way. But one other thing I wanted to ask you, because you're talking about seeking these all states and and following the path. Like if there's three things, people that may just be feeling in that place of feeling stuck besides buying your book, like. What are, what are some things that you do on the daily to kind of spark that? Because you're busy. You have a lot of stuff going on. You're a mom. Like, there's a lot of things. How do you
1: Yeah, I Yeah, I think it's to really show up for the people that inspire you. And yeah. friends in your life um, that inspire you really show up for them. And you'll notice that when you show up for others – that you will show up for yourself more and you will also get the support from others too. Like, it's so important to like give first, then ask for stuff. And I think that if the more you participate, the more you give, the more you offer your support, your help, the more you show up for others, the more you, you know, attend other people's things to show your support, the more you build your community the more you'll, you know, like you'll feel a sense of belonging, and when you feel a sense of belonging, is when you can build from that place. You know, like I've experienced yeah. the highs of building stuff, I've built, experienced the lows of getting dragged to the mud through experiences, and what kept me kept me going and bouncing back pretty quickly was just the notion that I have such a deep group of loving friends who support me so much and who love me so much, and, and I love them back, and I show up for them so hard, and mm-hmm. I support them so hard, and I champion them so hard, and I think as a result, you know, I I really have that soft landing pad, and, and that can, I can build on. I have a really yeah. strong foundation to build on. I think people are looking for, always looking for tips and tricks to like do this and do that, and I think it's really all about showing up for others and showing up mm. for those who inspire you and then and that will inspire you to show up for yourself
0: i love that and it's just like i teach just like leading from love versus trying to like lead from all these strategies and being in the head <laughs> like and so much grace comes through so much awesomeness so anything else you need to share or where do you want to direct people to grab this book we're going to put the links up too
1: um I would love. Okay, so people can go to Amazon or, or Barnes and Noble and buy the book, and, or go to disrupther.co. Okay. Actually, book video where i mean being I, I love you know. that. Go <laughs> yeah. Co. Yeah. And check out my my tushy business. It will change your life. Go to hellotushy.com. Sweet. And if you want to really upgrade your habits you know that that's such a an important thing to do is starting with your health and hygiene and your whole body whole body wellness is important so tushy really supports you there um and do not go to tushy.com it is a porn site oh hello tushy.com okay if you want to see all my other projects just go to com
0: sweet thank you so much for being here and sharing all this guys go buy the book and definitely share on instagram tag us let us know how you like this episode any other questions and i look forward to hearing from you thank you so much thank you and there you have it my friends i want to know what's your favorite takeaway from today's show I love when you share your highlights from the show. Be sure to tag me when you share so I can give you a proper shout out. If you haven't already, subscribe. And while you're there, rate and review because your feedback, it really means the world to me. Until next time, remember to harmonize your hustle.